Hello and welcome to The Natural Evolution, produced by Rebel Health Tribe, a radio show focused on providing you with inspiration, education, and tools for true healing and transformation. I'm Michael, and I'll be your guide on this adventure as together we explore the very nature of the healing journey. I'm here with Amy Stein. Amy, thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Very excited. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And we had a great chat before we came on, and it's a lot of fun. And she's now watched a bunch of our stuff, and she's on the other end of the of the the camera now. So <laughs> let's all try to make her really nervous. And, yeah, right. <laughs> but um, what we did is we wanted to do something unique with the, this podcast. I don't know, unique. I don't honestly listen to tons of podcasts, so I don't know if somebody's done mm-hmm. it before. But when we were looking at who we wanted to have on for this first season to talk about healing journeys and the healing process and, and going through that, we came up with the idea. We have some pretty amazing stories in our community. Why don't we reach out to our people and see what comes up? And so we chose four of them and we're going to get to know some of our our HT community members. And I think it'll be a lot of fun. I think it's a fun way for, for you guys to be involved. And then for our audience to see that, you know, all the other guests so far have been doctors or practitioners of some kind. And now they can see like people like them, like people, people who aren't like a doctor, aren't a practitioner, aren't a nutritionist. And um, to see that, like, you know, see yourself more in the journey and to see that, um, there are those who are among us in the community here who have been through quite a bit and who have come out the other side of it. So um, I guess my first question would be, were you healthy as a kid? Yeah. So that's the thing. Like I don't ever remember being healthy. Like I had bad acne in third grade. I had a dermatologist, like what third grader has a dermatologist. You had acne in third grade. Yes. I had bad cystic acne. So I was seeing a dermatologist from third grade on and the treatment was, then they gave me antibiotics. Yeah. Like so I was chronically on antibiotics as a kid, had no idea that was destroying my gut. Then they put me on Accutane in high school, which has like all yeah. these other crazy side effects. Now they don't even use Did that. Did you have issues in your mouth? No. Luckily, the only thing I have is GI because of it. And my yeah, brother Accutane was on has it like too. a nasty list of side effects. Yes. Yes. You had to get blood work every month. And to make sure it didn't affect your liver, but it affected your liver anyway. As we all know, everything goes through your liver. So I always had migraines and stomach aches as a kid, but nobody knew what celiac was then, right? And so I grew up in an Italian household. My mom made chicken cutlets and like pasta, you know, like three times a week. We always had salad. We always had vegetables, but we always had some sort of pasta or breading or something. And I always had stomach aches. And I felt very unseen because my parents just thought I'd wanted to get out of things, right? So I didn't want to go to someone's house or I didn't want to do something because I had these stomach aches and I wasn't comfortable going to somebody else's house. And it followed me through high school. The migraines progressively got worse. I would like black out after lunch in high school. And I would go down to the nurse's office and they would say, you just don't want to sit in math class because you don't like math. And I said, no, I'm like blacking out everything goes fuzzy. Like there's all these, you know, I'm seeing these things that aren't there. It's something's going on. So I would go to my doctor. I would tell her the things they would run the routine blood work. Nothing would come up. Nothing would come up. Nothing come up. I was just always told you're really sensitive. Just stop being so sensitive. You know, take the medications we give you. Here's medications for migraines. Take it. And I, I then got crazy nightmares. I had nosebleeds. I had all this stuff. I was depressed. They put me on all these antidepressants. I had all these crazy symptoms from it. Did you have acne the whole time too? Like junior high, high school? Yeah. Or did the? It the... got better, I guess, after the Accutane. The acne did get better, but the GI symptoms got worse and the migraines got worse. So before I just had like headaches as a kid, but now I was in full on, full blown migraine. And then in college, like I... <laughs> I was that person that I would have to take like a two hour nap before I went out drinking with my friends because I just didn't have the energy to get through it. I was always tired. I wanted to go to bed at like 8.30, right? I still go to bed at like nine o'clock now for different reasons, but I was always like, I couldn't function. I was falling asleep. I had fatigue. I had all this stuff. I went to my doctor in college. I said, do you think I have like Hashimoto's, this thyroid thing? There's a lot of women in my family who have it. 
no, 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 you don't have it. As we know, it takes, you know, 10 to 15 years, 20 years to get back your diagnosis. That's basically how long it took me to get my diagnosis. I've since reversed it with what I was doing, but it was like a long string of events. I had childhood trauma. As we know, there's a correlation with trauma and autoimmune. I didn't know any of that. You know, I went to school for psychology. I did all this research at the university. None of that was ever mentioned. I wasn't really doing that field, but like, you know, I was on PubMed all the time. I loved it. I was a big book nerd. I always read a lot. I liked the excitement of learning new things. And then I started to work with chronic pain patients a few years after college, after I got my master's and we were doing, we were teaching them alternative modalities. So guided meditation, coping skills, training for pain. Yes. Which was revolutionary. So was are like, you familiar with Joe Tata? Yes. Okay. So it was, but then not back then. I wasn't familiar with any of the people that I know now back then because I was very in the mindset of if you had an issue, you went to the doctor, they gave you a pill to fix it. And if you didn't get better, it was because you weren't compliant. So even with my chronic pain patients, I kind of had this chip on my shoulder. Well, you must not be compliant because we're offering you these alternative options, you're taking the medications, you're taking a lot of medications, but you're still telling me all these things. So I was, I enjoyed, I was with the geriatric population, which I enjoyed a lot, but I was clueless and I didn't realize it until I got sick, how clueless that I was. So I started to resemble my patients. I guess I noticed a strong correlation, probably about two years in. And I remember telling my mom, like, I think there's something wrong. Like a lot of these things are getting worse. So my doctor referred me to an endocrinologist and he was really cold and was like, there's nothing wrong with you. You just have stress. You just bought a house. You're getting married. These are good stressors. You just deal. And I was really upset. And I was, I thought, no, I, I think there's something wrong. I think you're missing something. He told me I was pre-diabetic your thyroid was fine, you know, just change, change the way you're eating and you won't, cause I was blacking out again. So the migraines came back really, really bad. I was blocking out. I was throwing up. I, I was miserable. I had no energy and everyone kept telling me it was just stress. It's just stress. Go back to see a therapist. You'll be fine. And I knew I was like, no, 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 there's something going on. But again, in that system, I was indoctrinated as a child. Like the doctor knows best. You do what the doctor tells you. The doctor, if you're not doing it right, it's on, it's your fault because they know what they're talking about. They went to medical school. And so even though this little voice was like, mm, no, this isn't right. I still went along with it. It got to the point after I got married, I got really sick. I, in, it was January. I was coming back from the clinic to my office and I rolled my ankle outside. I had flats on, like I wasn't wearing high heels. I wound up breaking my whole foot, like the whole metatarsal shattered. I had no idea. I just thought, oh, it's really painful. But it was, a, I didn't, my doctor was away and I couldn't get an x-ray. It was like this whole thing. So I pushed it off for a few days. And they're like, oh, you, you know, your metatarsal is completely broken. I was like, oh, how does that happen? They asked me what I did. I said, I was just walking on the sidewalk. I rolled my ankle and it broke. So that was the beginning of the downhill slide the wheels just fell off. So all this stuff started happening. I was working with rheumatologists at that time. That's how I was getting my patients. I was one of the head rheumatologists was a PI on our study and he was referring patients. The other doctors in the facility were referring patients. So I thought, I'll just go see them. I work with them every day. I respect them. I'll go see them. So they did my blood work. At first, like it was a little bit of things came up. Like my, I had a little bit of a positive ANA. I had some, you know, positive C-reactive protein. But other than that, like they really couldn't find anything. And then I kept telling them like, all oh, this is happening. So they thought, well, we'll put you on some drugs to, you know, balance things out. Come back when it's worse, right? They always tell you, come back when it's worse. Never like, I said, can I make any changes? Can I change my diet? Can I change? I, you know, I read this thing about deodorant. You're putting it on your lymph nodes. There's aluminum. Do you think I should change that? No, no, no. That's, you don't need to do any of that. No, just take the medication, come back when it's worse. And it really upset me. And I remember 
telling my mom and my husband, like, I respect these doctors. I work with them all the time. And I felt like they didn't listen to me. And I'm just not a regular patient. Like they've known me for years. I've worked with them on a daily basis. You know, they know who I am. And they're like, oh, it's fine. Just take the medication. It'll be fine. It didn't get fine. It progressively got worse. My ANA was like 3000. All of my stuff was off the charts, but they couldn't, they couldn't find a name for it. Right. So it was just like, oh, well, you're not, you don't fully fit into this box of RA. You don't fully fit into the lupus box. You don't fully fit into this box. So we're just going to give you more medication. And then we'll see how that goes. And I, no, this doesn't sit well with me, but I didn't know what else to do. I felt really helpless. I felt disempowered. I didn't know what to do. So I live in New York. We wound up going to Manhattan, right? Because everyone's like, oh, the better doctors are in Manhattan. That was not the case. I did not have that experience. So I went to other rheumatologists, other specialists throughout the whole area. Everyone called me something different. No one could agree on what I had. No one could agree on a course of treatment. No one could offer me any sort of guidance as to what to do. They just felt like I was a difficult patient because even though I claimed I was doing what they told me to do, I was getting worse. And they didn't know what to do with me. So they just didn't want to deal with me. So then I was like, either I would quit or they would fire me because they didn't know how to handle me. And it was a really, really awful feeling. And I know I'm not alone in that. I know there's a lot of people in our community who have gone through this and it's a really bone crushing, sucky feeling. So I remember I was like, okay, maybe I'll go back to therapy. Right. And that will help. And I, even though I knew that it was just going to re-traumatize me and it wasn't going to do anything, I didn't know what else to do. And the therapist I saw didn't know what to do with me. I, at that point, I was trying to uh, fight to get onto disability and I was totally defeated. I couldn't get out of bed. I had ridiculous pain. I lost massive amounts of weight. I kept breaking my feet. So I would be like in double casts. The doctors didn't know what to do with me. I changed my diet. I went to the celiac center. I mean, I did everything as a type A person would do to get better. It was this manic healing, manic trying to figure out what was wrong with me. Have you was, figured out what was causing your feet to break? Yeah, it was the celiac. Okay, so like causing. malnutrition, basically. Yeah. Your villa, yeah. your I had gut was so damaged that you weren't yes. absorbing nutrients and, I, and minerals. Right. And, and I developed osteopenia because of it. Okay. So that Can I slow you fun. down for a second? Yeah, I'm talking faster. Right? No, no, it's totally okay. fine. I just want to um, kind of lean into it. And it's okay if this is not where you want to go, but um, just let me know as long as you're- Are you going to talk about the childhood trauma? Well, I'm going to talk about the correlation between being negated by your parents. Yes. And like- that you're fine. You just don't want to go do the thing or that you're fine in this or that, you know, you're, mm-hmm. we're invalidated mm-hmm. in your experience. And then you were invalidated in your experience by the doctors that you were going and scrambling. And so and about my husband, my husband didn't believe me either. Oh, that's, that's three. So then yeah. there's three that all yeah. different layers. And so, um, I've been doing a lot of trauma work the last few years and, um, Dr. Gabor Mate, who I'm studying under, that's an international trauma expert now, he talks about his definition of trauma is not the thing that happens to us. Mm-hmm. It's what happens inside the body or what happens yeah, how after. How, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so yeah. it's more about what support mm-hmm. and validation and care and compassion and protection and all of that that we're able to receive. So like the same thing can happen to two kids. Yes. And there's tons of examples of this, but the same yeah. thing can happen to like a busload of kids. Yeah. And if some of them get like care and compassion and validation mm-hmm. and support and protection and attunement and all of these things that are like for a healthy nervous system response to something, yeah. um, that incident will not really affect them long-term exactly. very much. And then the ones who don't receive that yeah. have a completely different experience where it's like, my experience is invalid, meaning I am invalid. Like I am unworthy. It's it's stories. Kids make up stories. Like you've used the phrase, what's wrong with me a whole bunch of times when you were trying to figure out, you know, your health situation and kids 
make up story like we make up stories to make sense of the experience that we're having and the experience that the story that might get created if you're a kid and you always don't feel good and somebody's telling you you're fine you just don't want to go to the thing let's go to the thing mm-hmm. then you'd probably start to not even tell them half the time when you didn't feel good because you feel like it's a burden and yep. then I'm a burden I'm this I'm just I'm complaining yep, something's I'm wrong with me I'm a complainer I'm gonna yep. get yeah and so like you learn to eat your you know I mean physically eat but like yeah. absorb and suppress Yep. your own experience like your feelings yes but like the thing that you're actually like experiencing yeah is suppressed then because yeah. you can't share it you can't express it and then to have that from doctors from partners mm-hmm. from things like that like that's a lot of time of being really isolated with this because then that feels really alone like when Mira's gone through her really bad flares people in her life who like don't know how to be there in that mm-hmm. will just be like oh yeah one time I had a really bad exactly. cold too and it's like no like you, you don't, don't get it get it yeah, like get at it. all or yeah. like oh you can't even have pizza this one yeah. time or like all these little things yeah. like they just don't get or understand nope. and then there's yeah. like a boiling like rage that comes <laughs> and like uh and then but that can't be expressed either because exactly. they don't understand and then they'll get defensive if you lash out you and, don't want to lose any more friends because yeah, you already get lost cut so off many even friends. more and so yeah. you have to be something which isn't a bummer to them in order to be exactly. around and then, you have yeah, to so like, it yep i just i think there was probably a lot of that going on oh yeah and so i just wanted to point that out because yeah. that's something i've learned about and witnessed being the caretaker for someone who's been really sick and then studying a lot of trauma and psychology stuff like that is just as painful or scary as the fear as yeah. the symptoms as the breaking yeah. of the foot as yeah. the the, the yeah. stomach upsets and all these yeah. other things and it's like the silent part of chronic disease that and nobody talks about it about. yeah nobody talked about it so even when I got to a place with a doctor who believes me, right, which took over 10 years, the doctor I have now is great because she actually lets me do my own research, right? So she respects that I know what's best for me and that I am competent enough to do the research, to look at the data and to figure out what's going to work best for me. That was incredibly hard to find prior. I went to other functional practitioners, other integrative practitioners. I went for treatments in Florida to see practitioners down there because New York is so strict with what you can and cannot do. Like you basically can't do anything here. So we went to Florida to get treatment. And even then it was like an uphill battle, right? You're pushing the rock, the boulder up the hill. No one listens to you. No one sees you. No one believes you of what you're saying, right? It can't be that bad. You can't be that alone. You can't be in that much pain. You yeah. couldn't have tried everything. There's something you're doing wrong. It's never, it's never the doctor. It's never the, the protocol because I would do these. So they would have me do these protocols that other patients had done. And I would just get sicker. I'd become septic. I'd become bedridden. I would not be able to eat anything. You know, I'd have to go on a liquid diet and it was my fault, right? I wasn't doing it right. And so it was crazy that I finally got to the point where I realized this, this is insanity. Like this is the definition of insanity and in that I now see how frustrated my patients were. Like I would listen to them and I would advocate for them, but I never really understood where they were at until I got sick myself. And then to try to explain it to people that I'd been friends with for years, they had no, like you said, they would try to compare. It was like, you know, it was a comparison. Or like even people in my family, oh, well, I have this. Okay, but you don't get it. Like it's, it's different. It's completely different. And so it's another layer of being unseen. Hey, if you're enjoying the show, make sure you head over to rebelhealthtribe.com backslash kit. That's K-I-T. And grab the RHT starter kit, which includes a sampler of four free videos from our professional masterclasses and webinars, the RHT healthy sleep guide, the Wellness Vault coupon book, which will save you money on all of our favorite health-related tools and resources, a professional product guide, and a coupon for 15% off your first order in our shop. That's rebelhealthtribe.com backslash kit, K-I-T, and you'll get all that delivered right away. Also, if you're on Facebook, we've got a fun, engaging, and supportive group over there. 
as well with thousands of health seekers just like yourself. Just search for Rebel Health Tribe and you'll find us. Thanks for listening. And now back to the show. So what happened was it got really dark. Like it got really dark. I didn't want to live. I didn't have a plan. I went up calling a friend of mine a few years ago. I guess it was like three years ago on New Year's Eve. And we had worked in college at a crisis hotline. We used to work together on it. And I said to her, I'm calling you. I don't have a plan, but I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I really just, I can't, I can't do it anymore. I can't live like this. I don't know what to do. I've tried all these things. I've, I've tried to, it's just not working. It's not working. And she listened to me and she was, you know, she got me down to a part where I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to look into this other protocol because I feel like this is, this is going to help me and something's telling me to do it. So I did the DNRS training and before I, with Annie Hopper. Did you do the in-person thing or did you do I did do not the... do the in-person because this, it was so bad. I couldn't travel. I couldn't be yeah. in a car longer than a half hour. I couldn't fly. I couldn't be. So many of the people that chemical. utilize that training are in that same boat too. I'm sure yeah. that there's a lot of people who can't go to a three day, four day, five day workshop in no. some other city. And I couldn't even leave my house to go to the doctor. You know, there was points where my mom would have to take me or my husband would have to take me. So to do that was so, but I knew I could get the DVDs. Right. And I had read her book. I had read so many books by this point. I would bring the books in and say, do you think we should try this? You know, um, Dr. Shoemaker's mold protocol, because I live on an island and it's moldy all of the time. And our house had mold and I knew we had mold and we tried to remediate and it was still in my body. And I mean, I went through the gamut of all this stuff. I, you know, I made all my food from scratch. I cut out all the chemicals. I was still getting triggered by going outside if someone's doing laundry or if someone sprayed Windex or someone was smoking a cigarette five cars ahead of me on the highway. Um, and it was debilitating. I, I couldn't, I couldn't leave. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. So I thought, okay, this, I'm going to have to do this in order to figure out, to get my brain to a place where I can think rationally, because at that point I couldn't even think rationally anymore. And I was like, I, I don't know what to do. And at that same point, I'd already been listening to all these webinars and all these podcasts, reading all these books um, for years, right? I had all these notes and all, all what I should do. And I tried all these things that didn't work. And I had, I wasn't really spiritual at that point, And I didn't really understand the connection with emotions and spirit. And you have to feel the heal. I didn't understand any of that. I heard it, but it wasn't resonating with me. I wasn't at that point that I could absorb it. And it got to the point where one day I was listening to uh, Stephen Bunyer. So he's an herbalist who wrote a bunch of books about you make your own tinctures and you, you know, to, with plant medicine. So you utilize the power of the plants to make plant medicine. So plant medicine has been used for 15,000 years. You know, Dr. Maya talks about this all the time. And all these different plants have all of these different properties. And I thought this is fascinating. I've always gardened. I've always loved growing things. We grow our own vegetables. And I realized all these plants I already had growing I could harvest for medicine. And I was like, this is crazy. And it reminded me of a book my gram had been reading before she passed about plant medicine and, and using it rather than, you know, as a form of alternative medicine. And she had written in the book an inscription. And I was like, you know what? I think this is the route I need to go. And once I started doing that, I guess it was like three or four years ago, everything changed, everything shifted when I turned to the power of plant medicine, when I started to study homeopathy, I had already been dabbling in essential oils, you know, for 10 years before that, but I didn't really understand how it worked. I just knew like, okay, I did this and it, it did this, right? It was like the pill for your ill type thing, but I didn't understand the energetics of it. That it was all energy medicine. And then I found all these energy medicine practitioners. So Dr. Kim Diodramo, she was huge. So a lot of her ideas and her techniques have worked well for me. Um, Donna Eden, I follow, I do her energetic routine every day. I had done Tai Chi when I was working and I would refer my clients to it. They thought I was crazy because I was in my twenties and I was the youngest person in the Tai Chi class. I've been to Tai Chi classes and I've been the youngest person in yes. every one of them I've ever been to. Yes. Yes. So they thought it was hysterical that I was there and I'm like, no, I think there's something to it. You should do it with me. 
And then the teacher I had known 10 years ago, she started doing it online. So I started doing that with her again. And once I understood that everything was energy, right? Because 10 years ago, if you would have told me to use an oil, to use uh, this, you know, this liquid homeopathic remedy, I would have thought you were talking about craziness. Like wasn't science to me. I needed the science. And then when I realized there was science to it, there was a lot of science for thousands of years is in science on it. I, I thought this is, this is where I need to do. This is where I need to go. And once I did that, I also did the microformulas protocol. That was huge too, because it addresses healing at the foundational level. So I will definitely give a big shout out to them. That they was are, big. Um, Cellcore now. Yes. I think. Yeah. Well, Cellcore is a practitioner line. Microbe okay. is the, the have, uh, uh, regular people line. Yeah, I have Cellcore too. I'm on Cellcore too. Cellcore has more products in the line than Microbe. Gotcha. So Microbe is direct to consumer and Cellcore is. Yes, okay. is the practitioner line. So I. I introduced my doctor to that. And I was like, this is, this is a game changer. This is actually working. Like I, I felt like I was dying and had no other options. And I started doing this along with the energy medicine. And I feel like there could be hope now. So I started studying more about the plant medicine. I started taking herbalism classes online. I started reading a lot of herbalism books. I started making my own medicine which was very empowering. It's a lot cheaper too, which is why I did it. And it was incredible. The differences were night and day. And so I fully got behind it. I started studying more about homeopathy. I started making my own bombs because a lot of things on the market weren't addressing my issues. So I was able to make my own formulations that were specific for my issues and it was working. And I thought, this is great. So then I would give them out to people for Christmas. Like, yeah, I think you should use this. It'll be good for you. And people liked it. And then that sounds I, like a business idea. Yeah. Yeah. In the future. In the yeah. future. So I'm a back burner right now. But so, so what was that like when things started to kind of turn the corner a little bit? Like, what, well, how did you know you were feeling better that something was working? I just felt it on like a spiritual level, like once I started actually tapping into that, which was huge because I didn't know to do it before, I really made no wrong decisions. Whereas before everything was made decision out of fear, right? Okay, I'm just gonna do this because I don't know what else to do. And this is what everyone's telling me to do. And this is what the research says. And this is what this person said on this podcast. So I'm just gonna do that. And maybe it'll work, right? I'm gonna hope it'll work. I'm gonna hope it'll work. And it was that desperation, that manic energy, that manic healing rather than just going, relaxing, listening to my body, trusting the innate intelligence of my body that it can heal, it can rebalance. You just have to give it what it needs. And as you know, we get in the way because we think we know better and we try to treat the body like a car that breaks down. And it didn't work when I was going at that, when I was fighting it, right? I thought, oh, but I have to fight this because if I don't fight it, that means I'm giving up and I failed. And I couldn't fail. It was my life. I couldn't fail. So I just kept fighting and fighting and fighting. I have to fight to read this book. I have to fight to listen to all these podcasts. I have to fight to do this protocol and to, to you know, to beat it, to beat the, the conditions and sub submission. I mean, at one point I had like 10 different diagnoses that we were working on. So then it always felt like you're chasing the dragon, right? So you get one to kind of calm down and then another dragon pops up. And then that one kind of comes down and then the first dragon resurfaces. And it was a shitty way to live. Like, cause you never knew when the other shoe was gonna drop. You never knew what you were gonna be dealing with. I mean, I'm still in it. Like I'm definitely not out of it completely. I'm in a lot better place than I ever was, but I still don't know what I'll feel like tomorrow. You know, I mean, I still can sometimes push myself too much and I pay for it. I still contend with the migraines. I still have fatigue. But now rather than pushing through it, I listen to my body when it first gives the message. And I'm like, yeah, I need to stop. Yeah, I need to not do that. I need to reprioritize. I need to, you know, and if my husband doesn't have dinner tonight, oh, well, <laughs> it is what it is. Like if there's something I can eat or if I'm not hungry, 
That's what it is. Like rather than feeling the guilt to please everybody, to be a certain person for everybody, to make everyone else happy, I was dying because of it. Because I had this, you know, I had to be this certain person and to the world. And people pleasing and, type A's yes, are a much higher risk of yes, chronic disease. Than, exactly. Than I was gonna say well, I'm probably speaking to everybody that's listening mm-hmm. to this. So it taught me a lot about myself. And initially when I first got sick, I said, I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy, right? Like this is an awful thing. It's horrible. It, I probably said that for the first five years. And then the more I started to get into the energy medicine, the plant medicine, it started to shift. The DNRS, I could kind of think again, right? The brain fog wasn't debilitating. And I could kind of have rational thought process. And- Are you I still thought, doing that? The, the DNRS? Um, I do aspects of it. I'm, I do more of Dr. Kim's techniques now because it's, to me, it's, it's more manageable. The DNRS is great, but it's, I feel like if I were to refer it to people, the time commitment, especially if you don't feel good is a lot. And I know that's the one catch for a lot of people. I know it has to be like minimum 30 minutes a day, preferably 60 to 90. Yeah. Yeah. Some people do it for 30 and still get results, but yeah. So I wasn't that person. I had to do the hour and even the hour, I still had to sometimes do more. And it was just, so I took the, what I, the way I treat myself now, because essentially I'm, I treat myself, I'm work under my doctor, but I've been treating myself for the past few years is I, what resonates with me? So I take aspects of GNRS that resonates with me. I take aspects of Ayurveda. I take aspects of, you know, traditional Chinese medicine. I take aspects of herbalism, you know, homeopathy, whatever resonates with me. And I check in with myself, like, okay, what do you want me to do? What do you think is going to help body? Like, you know, I still eat really clean. I still make my own food. I don't eat out. You know, I don't have that luxury. There's really nowhere to eat here. We have one restaurant, but it's kind of pricey. So we go for special occasions and, you know, I'm able to get some of my life back now. I am still really careful with what I do and I'm still really structured compared to most people of how I live my life. You know, we don't use any chemicals in our house. We don't do a lot of things that people do that are normal. Like I haven't drank since I got married 10 years ago because I just cannot metabolize alcohol. You know, and, and that's a lot of our social experience is that you go out, you drink with your friends, you go out to eat. So I don't do that. So I've lost a lot of people that I thought were friends. That was a hard part of the journey as well, is you realize really what's important, who's actually there for you, and who you really are, right? So the person I am now, I like a lot better than the person was before I got sick. And I would now say the last few years, I would do it over again because the lessons I learned from it are huge. And now I realize what I'm meant to do with my life rather than what I thought I was supposed to do. So even though my life does not look like what I thought it would be, and I'm not doing what I thought I would be doing, I feel like the work and the knowledge I have now is so much more important for the world we live in and for all the people that are going through this, that it's, it, makes, it makes it worthwhile. So I feel like this whole journey was for a reason, as much as it was really shitty. <laughs> and really hard. yeah and you don't want to hear that when you're in it like people would always say stuff yeah. to us when Mira was really sick or when I was really depressed or whenever somebody's really struggling like yeah. oh you know you're gonna come out of this in some sort of improved way or you're gonna learn yeah. something from this and I was always just like shut up I hate you exactly like I want yeah. you all to die just stop exactly. saying those things because I want this to stop because right. you always just want it to stop like yeah you just want it to stop or change or whatever. Yeah. And it's not built that way, unfortunately. And yeah, it's been through, you know, our hardest times with all that stuff that, you know, the first flare she had, we, we were able to get it under control pretty easily and just had to like tighten up her diet and do a Mm -hmm. couple other things. And the second one was more severe and longer. And we had to go to like deeper levels of stuff that she needed to do. And then this last one was like, a year long and really terrifying and really horrible. And then went into, you know, energetics and trauma things and stuff Mm -hmm. that like, we weren't 
doing before that and it's always like another level and for me yes. when, I, when I got really depressed I tried the diets and the, I was trained in functional medicine I tried the right. supplements I tried the things and like didn't I work. Did, it didn't work and so I was forced to like explore different levels of things mm -hmm. which is now where I'm moving my whole like work and career and business and all of right. that is more in that scope because like you can get marginally better with like switching a diet mm -hmm. or like reducing stress is huge. And like, right. then there's a difference between like reducing exposure to stress and then improving your ability to your like handle and yep. tolerate stress and manage yep. stress. Two totally different things exactly. both need to be done. But then, yep. but then there's this other level that you touch on a little bit with like your spirituality and your intuition yep. and energetics. And like, I'm somebody that three years ago, if you said energy healing to me, I was like out the door. Like, nonsense. now I've been in like a really high level energy training for two years. And so my perspective <laughs> is a little different. Little and it different. was, it was witnessing it that got me on board, that got me to want to do the training yeah. that got me. And now, yeah. now, now yeah. I understand it a lot better, but like it was witnessing yeah. somebody do something that I didn't think was possible. Right. Like the type of work that I was like, this is, hooey this is nonsense and then watching what happened and then being like huh that yeah. just flipped everything I thought I knew right. in my head how do you do that and then right. now learning how to do that and like everything really just truly is energy like exactly. it really is and that was where medicine was before pharmaceuticals and so exactly. there was like a split and we followed the money and, mm -hmm. and that's where it went and certain people won that split and yeah that's and a lot where of people we went. didn't yeah and that's where we went pharmaceuticals over exactly. like, energy as medicine and you know, things like Qigong and Tai Chi and Chinese medicine and acupuncture and these things, like they've known it forever. Right. Even indigenous and native cultures know that right. and that's how they science. work too. And it's all, yeah, yeah it's, 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 there's plenty, plenty of research that there's I was blown away there. to find on, yeah. you know, on, on different aspects of energy and, and things that in Western culture, we tend to turn away from. Mm -hmm. um, but there's way more science to it than I thought there was. There's way when you get into quantum physics and neuroscience yeah. and all kinds of yeah. things. Like it's, it's pretty undeniable when you look at the bigger picture of it, it just doesn't fit our medical model. So it exactly. always gets foo-fooed away. And, but, and you, you know, they think you can't make money off it, right? So plant medicine, you no. can grow your own plants, you can make your own medicine, where's the money in that? Yeah, but, and we're entirely driven by the the medical system's entirely driven by by that and by so money. is most of our so is most of exactly. things like most but things and and studies are very expensive to run like yeah i know cat toops pretty well who did recently finished a study with dr dale bredesen reversing um dementia and alzheimer's in people and it cost i think it was a million and a half dollars to do a study with 20 people mm -hmm. yeah and now they got funding to triple the size of that. They got a $5 million grant to now do 60 people. Right. Drug companies do studies with like thousands of people in them right. because mm -hmm. they can spend millions and millions and millions of dollars and people will fund this because if yeah. they get a certain result, which is manageable, uh, then they get more money and then they can sell exactly. the thing. They just put out a drug for Alzheimer's this last week that's $60,000 a year, I think, to I take it. And three people at the FDA quit over it getting approved. And they I have a pretty low bar it. at the FDA for exactly. like what their morals are at. And so for three people over there to quit because something was corrupt is like pretty damn extreme. And it's 60 grand a year to use a drug that marginally sort of works if it's a certain exactly. population. Like, yeah, it's all it's all money. And so. And that's I, how I took it back is that's how I became empowered is I did it for myself. Right. So I wasn't relying on the medical model anymore because I, I don't have any qualms about saying I lost hope in it. And I have not really think it's going to get back. Emergency medicine is completely different. You know, I cut off my arm. I'll go to the hospital. Yeah, for sure. But anything else with chronic pain or chronic conditions, it, it completely failed and it completely failed me and it completely failed a bunch of people. I mean, even recently, like my pre-diabetes turned into type two diabetes, right? Even though I, I eat a really good diet. I don't eat processed food. I eat quality meat and protein and organic vegetables. And I treated it with homeopathic. My doctor was floored. She wanted me to go on metformin. I'm like, absolutely not. I'm going to treat this my way. And if it doesn't work in six months, we'll readdress it. But between homeopathic and some other changes, you know, I don't believe like there's one 
magic pill for everybody, even with alternative treatments, there is no, there's no quick fix. I hate to tell people there's no quick fix. I used to tell my patients when I worked with them, there's no magic pill. Not every diet works for every person. I mean, I've been on a lot of different diets. I do what works best for me. And that's what I think is the most important part is people have to realize that they have to reconnect with themselves on a higher level. Yeah, you mentioned and, listening to like knowing when you're overstepped or when you've you're yes. too extended or you're too yeah. tired or things like that. Your yeah. body will have signs. Messages. Like you'll get messages, you'll feel a certain way, you might feel a little and our tendency and what we're taught to do is push, push through, through that. And if you yeah. don't, something's wrong with you. And exactly. if you complain about it or you tell somebody I can't do you're something, weak. then you're letting them down or you're weak yeah. or this or that. And I have witnessed with Mira and my own stuff, my, my struggles have been more like mental, emotional, spiritual, not physical. I've somehow miraculously not really had any health issues considering I did everything I could to destroy my body for about 15 years. It's very resilient. So I'm, I'm grateful there, but with her, the signals will get louder when you don't yeah. listen to them yes. until they will halt it. And that's where Gabor's yeah. book I mentioned before we came on, uh, when the body says no, that's the whole premise of the book. Yep. That's it's what like when you get to a certain point, it's just going to say no for you. Yeah, my and body shut down. That can show up as an autoimmune conditions. It yep. can show up as cancer. It can show up as chronic fatigue syndrome. It can show up as a lot of different things. Debilitating depression yep. will shut you down really quickly. Yep. Like, and so connecting to that, that knowing, that and that, knowing. The, yep. the knowing and the like subtle sensations, yep. like it's, it's, I don't need the pain to be at a 10 to notice it. I'll notice it when it's starting to creep in to be a one. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah. okay, weird. Uh, that doesn't feel good. I need to rest the rest of the yeah. day yeah. and take care of myself and yeah. do what feels good. Like um, Mira started doing this thing when she comes home from work. That's just like toning, like, uh, like the sound, like, yeah, no, just work. with her, with um, her own, like, just like a sound like that. And yep. she, no one taught her to do that. No one told her to do that. It just, when she would come home from a shift in the ER, she would lay down and put her hand on her chest mm -hmm. and do that. And I'd say, what are you doing? She'd say, I'm vibrating. And I don't know, it feels good for my body. Yeah. And like starting to learn, like it feels good for my body yes. and trusting that and not yeah. needing to be told like by okay. someone that you need to do this. Yeah. Like that wasn't right. something. No. Like, it's an innate I've learned if I thing. want her to try something or do something, the last thing I should do is like tell her to do Let it. Do it. Right. Yeah, maybe like leave a book about it on the table, but don't <laughs> um don't say you need don't to do this or you it. should do this because right. after you've been through the ringer with the medical institutions and people yeah. invalidating you and telling you yeah. what to do and all these things, like that's not helpful. Oh, and people so, offer you suggestions. Have you tried this? Right, like yeah. you haven't tried everything and then some yeah. to get better yeah People and they're usually like up. 19 steps ago for you like exactly. they're, they're like something you tried like seven years ago exactly is their exactly. cutting edge thing that they exactly. just read an article yep. about or something yep. like but it was just like yeah. in the paper right but we mm -hmm. knew about it 15 years ago yeah so that yeah that's that's been hard for me too is just trying to figure out how to talk to people in a way that does not shame them right and cause more internal trauma for them and in a way that can make it accessible for everybody, because unfortunately I fear that it's already an epidemic now, autoimmune. So even if you're not aware that you have something going on, your body's already feeling it, right? Yeah. 5G, the EMFs, the poor diet, the toxins, the heavy metals, all that, your body's already feeling it, already trying to cope and it's not. So these people may be failing after we've already fallen down the hole. So that's something I try to think about. Well, how would I explain this to somebody who has no idea that their body's already experiencing this? You know, how would I make it so that they understand that these small changes will make big differences? And yeah, it may not completely reverse everything, but you know, doing a castor oil pack. Well, it's just a million small changes. It's changing the right. way that you relate to yourself and your exactly. body and like the whole situation. And so many times the chronic disease, the body becomes the enemy. Yes. Exactly. And like it exactly. hears that and it knows that yeah. and that's not what we need. Like right. it's, that, it's yeah. always doing its best at a hundred percent of the time, mm -hmm. like all to the time. Yeah. To exactly. do and the messages you're getting and the symptoms you're getting are like the light turning on in your car. Yeah. And if we just turn the light off in the car all the time, the car will explode. Right. 
So yeah. like you need the signals, you need the warnings, you need the symptoms right. and it's not fair. And it's not, I think the most frustrating thing, at least for her is when like, there's other people that do tons of stuff that works like that way worse than any, like she's always eaten pretty clean. She never mm -hmm. really drank a lot. She never part like our backgrounds are very, very different. different. I'm the one that did all the things that were horrific right. for me and she's not, and she's the one that's been really sick exactly. and I'm not. And there's yeah. like a resentment there, not towards yeah. me, but towards life. Like, yes. why does this why? happen to me? Why is yeah. this me? These people yeah. are all out drinking and doing all these yeah. things. Like if she went out for like two nights in a row and party till two in the morning and like whole, like, I, I don't even, even know, do that. I don't even know what would happen. Like right. it would be catastrophic yet. That's like most people's lives. And like, right. there's this like attachment to wanting to be normal and Right. Our normal sucks. Like yeah. our normal is just not good and healthy and it's not something to attain to. One of my favorite quotes is like, I don't remember exactly how it goes, but it is no measure of health to be well adjusted to a sick society. Exactly. And so like, it's the things that I thought I was missing out on when I shifted my whole life about like social things and going mm -hmm. out and all those things. It, that lasted for a little while like there was this FOMO for a while and yeah. then I was like man you couldn't pay me to go somewhere at exactly. 10 o'clock at night now right? like are you kidding like right. if somebody was like hey I'll meet you there at 10 I'd be like in the morning or like what <laughs> you know like <laughs> what does that mean there yeah. is no place I'm going at 10 o'clock at exactly. night like that's just not going to happen because I'll feel right. like hell the next day exactly. and like that's not worth it to me anymore no and no so yeah just people can respect those decisions. And if you know somebody in your life that's dealing with chronic disease, like just be mindful of this. This is the world they live in. Like this yep. is, that's the. It's their every day. Yeah. It's their every day. Mm -hmm. You know, the debilitating fatigue. Like, you know, you see all this thing about the COVID long haulers, right? These people are yeah. suffering. People in the autoimmune community have been suffering like that for so long. And there's yeah. like no money towards the research for fatigue. Finally, Dr. Tiedenbaum, he's a big fatigue doctor. I'm sure you know who he is. He finally got research money. For, for fatigue research. It took him like 40 years to get substantial money from the wow. NIH to do research on fatigue only because it's Because there's not going to be a pill there. Right. The reason they got the money is probably because they think there's going to maybe be some sort of crossover between exactly. what he's doing and then some sort of treatment yep. for either COVID or something else right. or something right. that they'll be able to turn into a drug or like right. some something because chronic fatigue syndrome is not going to be treated with a drug. No. So that's why it doesn't get attention. Well, they try to treat it with a drug because they give it to people with fibromyalgia. They give you the lyrics. Yeah, but the, the thing, I mean, LDN is more effective than that. Right. But there's like, um, chronic fatigue is just a very loud shutting down of the body. And it's, and it's throughout a lot of conditions, right? I think there's this misnomer. And it's also been vilified as a psychological issue when the data shows that it is a very physical issue. So that was, that's another issue in, in this community is that you're told you're crazy a lot. Yeah. And I, and I was from that background and to be told like, just go, just go to back to therapy, just take a pill. And I'm like, wow, this is how we treat people like this. Millions of people, like yes. most, most people, that's how we, Yes. that's how we treat them. Yes. They're chronically ill for anything that the medical system doesn't have an answer for. So it's, yeah, it's maddening. And like it, the, the funny thing about it's in your head goes full circle. Like they say it's in your head and then you're like, screw you. My symptoms are physical. And right. then what we realize when we go further down it is it's, it's not in our head, but it's in our like being. It's the whole body. And it's exactly. the, yeah, but it's the mind, it's the emotions, it's the trauma, exactly. it's the things, which yep. technically there is a psychological component there, but the, the in your head part that they mean is not the in not your the head same. part that no. is the reality of the thing. Right. It's like 20 levels too shallow for that. But that's because we only do the physical and the mental component. There is no spiritual yeah. or emotion component in our society. And that was what was no. lacking in my care as well. And I, it took me having to get that skill set for myself. There was nobody there doing it for me. And I think that that's, that's the huge disconnect is that they don't look at it as a whole. Even in the functional arena, a lot of those doctors don't have the time or the skill set, or they don't have someone in their office who's trained in that to teach people energy healing work they could do themselves. You know, like I taught myself the body codes. Um, you know, I, I, I just had a meeting with Brad Nelson yesterday. Oh, yeah. How funny. Yeah, we're going to have their stuff on the new platform. Oh, that's great. And, you know, like the other things you were saying about the humming, you know, so I do energy. I was doing it before actually we started our podcast to, to try to get myself back into my body and to be connected so that I could be fully on for this. 
right? And give, give the best version of what I want to give. And so that I could speak from the heart and, and be able to resonate with the community so that they know that I get it. I'm living it still. I'm not out of it, right? It doesn't really ever end. It changes. And you have to change with it because it's just another layer that you're peeling back. There's something else you have to learn. So in the past, I'd get really angry. Like, what now? Like, what am I dealing with now? Why is this? What am I not learning? What is happening here? Now I, I, I've learned through the work I've done, that's not helpful, right? Because it's a form of self-hate. Like, I'm just getting mad at myself again. So I've, I've been doing the Honopono prayer for a few years. That helped as well. The, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And I substitute people in my life who were, you know, hurt me. And rather than say, I love you to them, I say, I forgive you. Because it may be hard to say, I love you to these people that hurt us, right? Or even to ourselves. So I forgive you. And that was, that was a huge part of my healing as well. But it, it's a whole moving machine. It's not just one component. So it's not just the diet. It's not just the supplements. It's not just, there's a whole. Yeah, I wish we had an easier, simpler, faster, more, more easy answer for right. you. But it really is. It's simple in that it's like, once you see the whole picture, it's like, of course, all those things matter. Exactly. Like it can't not matter. Like energetically, like, you know how you feel yeah. different when you go in a room of certain types of people yes. or you're in this place yeah. or you're in the forest for me, like yeah. it shifts the entire yeah. way that my body feels. And yeah. like, that's just as real of a thing as having a headache or having whatever, like, yeah. and we just need to see it as that and be able to learn to hear that and feel that and acknowledge that and right. make decisions based on right. that too. Like, oh, I'm not feeling this uh, thing. This right. isn't for me. And like for to me. trust that. But when you're told that right. your opinion is or your experience is invalid for like years and years and years to like regain that trust of your own experience is super empowering. Like yeah. it's, it's a total exactly. shift in like, this is true. What's happening to me is real. It's true. Yeah. It's happening. This is true. I know yeah. it's like, I know it and other people see it now and it's real. And yeah. it, But learning that that doesn't matter. Like the other people can't validate it for you. Exactly. And their it's opinions like, are none of your business, right? The four yeah. agreements, right? Yeah, yeah. And so. with, with Dr. Kim, what's been huge is she says to live through your heart, right? To live from your heart rather than this your brain. Kim, which Kim is this? Dr. Kim Diardamo. Okay, so yeah, she, yeah. She's in Colorado. So she says- A lot of people have told me I need to talk to her. Yeah, she's amazing. She's she's amazing. I was get, dabbling into it before I was introduced to her. And I just- I found her on a podcast or, you know, something, right. It was just the universe bringing her to me. And then once I started listening to what she had to say and saw how real she was, she overcame her own health as well. Um, it was like, it connected, right. It just felt right. So that's what I, my most important tip is to the people in this group is to go with what feels good for you, because what feels good for me may not feel good for you. What feels Good for Michael may not feel good for you, but to go with what feels good for you, to reconnect with that, the innate intelligence of your body, the innate intelligence that's always been there. Even if you're not spiritual and you can't connect with a higher power or the universe or archangels or, you know, whatever you do, like I pull an Oracle card. That's how I connect and ask how I should, you know, what I should do with things. Um, there's so many different ways that you can connect, you know, sound healing. There's so many different modalities where you can find a spiritual connection without having to go something that makes you uncomfortable. It, it's a practice too, right? It comes, you build up on it with what you're comfortable with and, and more will be introduced to you because it's all connected. So what you'll need, you need to know will be brought to you. I'm a firm believer in that because it yeah, was you just got to be open to listening and yes. to hearing it and not, yeah. Exactly. And trusting your like hit on it. Like, yeah, that's, yes this is good or this isn't good. And my thing is if you hear it three times, like if someone says something to me three times, like, Oh yeah. Okay. I'm going to read that. Book well, Dr. Or... Kim, that's about the 10th time somebody's brought it up to yeah, me. So see? I should probably, uh, connect her book with is, her. Her book is a quick read and it's really, it's the mind body toolkit. It's really, yeah. I, I think I have it bookmarked. I'm on her website at Dr. Okay. Kim Diaramo. Yeah. Okay. Mind body toolkit. Yep. Yeah. I will make a note too. She's got a lot of free resources that people, and she does a free uh, like webinar every week on her site and on Facebook. I don't know. I recommend her a lot. Like I started a Facebook group to teach people about the power of the plants. And I, I post her videos because I feel like 
Cool. Can we link your Facebook group under the podcast? Yeah. All right. I'll get the link from you. So if you're watching, I'll put her website on here too, because why not? Yeah. So we'll we'll get Dr. Kim's website down below. We'll get your Facebook group and then anything else you want to share with us that you've mentioned that you think would be worth. Well, we micro- can send DNRS yeah. website. Um, yeah. Microformulas I think would be helpful too, because it's okay. a foundational protocol. And that was the one that I feel has helped a lot of people because I did so many protocols before that and it wasn't. So what's great about that protocol is they have videos every week, right? And so the doctors come on or you know affiliates that work with them come on and they educate. It's an educational platform. You can create an account, it's free. And it's not just willy nilly you take these things. But again, I listened to my body with it. I did not take it at full recommendation. I took it at half and I've still never gotten up to, I mean, some people are dosing really high. That's not for me. And I know that. And some people learn the hard way in the past. I've learned the hard way, but that's the only protocol I did that I did not get sicker on. So I, I would definitely recommend that protocol. Good to know. We're looking at bringing in some of their cell core products into our shop. Um, yeah. It's just, it's tough because it's like their cell core protocols are like a zillion products and they recommend you do all these things. And so we're trying to figure out which it's ones phases. we could. Well, the drainage products, like the lymph and the Taduka, anybody could take those because they address drainage, right? And a lot of people yeah. in this group have an issue with drainage. So either they're not pooping every day mm-hmm. or they have so much crap in their body, their body can't get it out, Right. So the first phase is drainage. So the lymph and the taduka would be the, would be, I think the best products to start with because they address drainage and they'll start opening things up for people. Those are the ones I take consistently. I don't take all of the products consistently anymore because I energetically, I don't feel that I need them. I would did it for three years. So, you know, that's another thing is just, you have to trust yourself, right? Like that, you know, better than anybody else. You know better than I know you. You know better than the doctor knows you. You know what's best for you. So just remember that you have that knowledge. You just have to tap back into it because we've been taught that we don't know better. The doctors know better. Everyone else knows better but you, right? Your mom yeah. knows better. Your husband knows better. Especially for people who have been sick since yeah. they were young and right. got disregarded and invalidated exactly. and all of that. It's been years of that. And our mind exactly. will believe those stories. So. Exactly. So you know better. You know best remember that connect right. to that again well, we're about at time this was great i think that you gave people a really solid glimpse into like what what it really is like to go through the ringer with with mystery chronic disease and frustration around doctors and not being validated and not understanding what's going on and trying a million different things and healing as like, uh, I could just feel your frustration when you talked about like how regimented you were and how structured everything was and how it wasn't working. And you were trying all these things. And it was like a, I know what that's like. And it's like a full-time 24 hour a day job. That's exhausting. And, um, and it's like panic inducing and it's, 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 I'm never going to get better. This is always going to be like this because you lose the ability to see outside of the immediate bubble of hell that you're in and it's confusing and you don't trust anything so like I think that the lessons you learned in that journey have are really beneficial for everybody to hear and I think that that's what we were really looking for is to bring that to people to hear that you know that coming back to being able to read and listen to the signals and the signs and trust that and that there's deeper levels to this like I know that we've taught in this platform mostly around um, diet and lifestyle and supplements and like nutrition things. And that there's a whole nother level to this that, um, you know, I'm building with, a, with another platform to bring over there to kind of connect the two, but, um, most people stop there and yeah. a lot of people that's going to limit your ability to heal. So the energetic, the trauma, the spiritual, the emotional side of things is what moves the needle for a lot of people when they're stuck. Mm-hmm. And it also shifts how you experience like the struggle to begin with, which yeah. then reduces the stress signals on the body. Like it's a, it starts a chain reaction that only good things will come from. So exactly. I would it's recommend not easy. diving it's not in. Easy. No, it's not. And it anyway. causes you to face a lot of things too. That to face your demons. Fun. Yeah. yeah. You have to face your demons, but in doing that, you learn so much more about yourself and it makes sure. it so much more worth it. Well, thank you so much, Amy. I was, I'm really 
you know, I appreciate the the openness and vulnerability that you shared everything with. I'm sure that over time, some of this stuff has become easier to talk about, but I know that um, for a while it's, it's really challenging to even talk about some of these things because it's super triggering to right. bring up like where you were and people not hearing you and not listening to you. And when I brought that up, I could like feel the charge. Like you're just like, yeah. And then they told me I was crazy. And like, and, and there's so much anger there. And there's parts of us when we go through that type of stuff that need to be validated. Like they need yep. to hear that, like your experience was true and that really happened. And I'm sorry that that happened and that people should have treated you like that. And if you've never heard that, that can be a really powerful thing for people just to get that yeah. validation. So I just want to yeah. commend you on sharing so openly and, and so many people benefit just from hearing that they're not alone, like going yeah. through this stuff, that it's not just them, that they're not the only ones. And that, right. um, you know, we'll link your Facebook group down below so people can come find you Great. over there. Yeah, I would love that. Cool. I love that. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was great to meet you and to chat with you. And I really appreciate the share. Thank you. And this brings us to the end of today's episode. Head on over to rebelhealthtribe.com backslash kit to access the RHT Quick Start Bundle, which includes four full-length presentations from our RHT masterclasses, two downloadable PDF guides, and a 15% off coupon, which you can use in our retail shop. If you're on Facebook, come join our Rebel Health Tribe group over there. And finally, if you like the show, please subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you again soon.